and you're listening to volume 15 of the Strange Grooves podcast. I'm Sharice Letson. I'm Kate Milberry. And Strange Grooves is on, on the move. move! Strange Grooves on, on the move. move! And we are on a special location tonight with our special pal, Drew Sweet. Hello, Local everyone. Me. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for letting us pay even more attention to your dog. dog. There is okay, a cute, okay. yeah, if you hear us freaking out Sophie. this episode and, like, baby talking, it's with this Hi, cute baby. dog. Shih Tzu Pomeranian? Yep, Shih Tzu Pomeranian. Oh. We are very, very happy that you guys let us join you guys tonight <laughs> and check out your record collection this week. <laughs> more than welcome to join us today. So, uh, you know, to get started, um, we've been kind of on a roll lately, it seems. So we're really thrilled to have you because, like, we've been thinking about reaching out to you for a while, and we know that you work at the at the record shop out east, and it's uh, you're someone who's really interesting, and I'm sure you have, like, a lot of fun music knowledge that I was personally curious because <laughs> Sharice was like, we got to get Drew on the show, and then yeah. I saw I was just like, yes, let's do that. So, again, thanks for being on the show. No, thanks for having me. Um, so we're going to dive right into it. Yeah, so I guess, so you are the... Uh, manager of Sunrise Records yeah. in East St. John McAllister Place. And I guess, can you tell us, because you've been working, you worked when it was HMB, can you tell us a little bit about kind of how you ended up working there and ended up in that position? Yeah, it was really fun, actually. Uh, it started from kind of an interesting standpoint. I was working at Target in 2014, and um, the corporate ladder kind of collapsed on me. Uh, so Target was liquidating. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of worked my way up the corporate ladder and made my way to middle management. And so it was the highest position I'd ever had in any sort of job I've ever been in. So I was walking through the mall, um, and I didn't ever really went up to HMV because I, I used to go there a lot when I was a kid, and it was really fun. It was one of my favorite places to go. But I kind of stopped going just because, you know, when I moved out on my own, I didn't have the money to spend yeah, on right, yeah. <laughs> um, So I was walking by a food court, and for whatever reason, I had this compulsion to go out to the main entrance, and I never usually did. But I went and I noticed a sign in the window at HMV uh, that they were hiring for assistant manager. So I went in there and, and one of my friends was working, so I asked, you know, who was the manager? You know, who can I talk to? And they gave me the name, and long story short, I met with the manager and I was pretty much hired on the spot as an assistant. Um, and then I worked at HMV for about a year at the St. John location. And then uh, the DM, uh, Brad of HMV, he reached out to me and asked if I wanted to move to Fredericton and run the store up there. So then I moved up to Fredericton. Oh, wow, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, I moved wow. up to Fredericton, uh, which was interesting. Like, I had to quit the bands that I was in. Uh, right. So that was that's a little a shameful. That's a big commitment. Yeah. It was. That's tough, man. I, I, would, I couldn't have did it. Well, it was, it was tricky because, um, you know, of course, I've been dating the same girl, Megan, for eight years, and she was uh, more than willing to come with me, which was, like, a nice kind of yeah. paperweight <laughs> on my anxiety. It right. Kept me down. Uh, so we went up, and um, it was really good for the first little bit, but then uh, I started getting really homesick, and I wasn't really, you know, into Fredericton. Uh, but it was kind of unlucky at the time, but it ended up working out. But HMV did liquidate, and they kind of closed. Right. So again, I was left in the same position I was in, you know, a few years prior with Target. Yeah. And I said, okay, what do I do now? Where do I go? What am I going to do? So the first thing that I, I said is, I moved back to St. John. That's, that's the start. You know, I'll move from there. And then um, maybe about three weeks before the store is officially closed, um, a guy named Steve reached out to me and, and asked if I wanted the store. And this was all like super hush hush. Right. Um, Steve asked if I wanted the Fredericton location because Sunrise Records was moving in. And I should mention that when HMV first announced its liquidation, the mall manager came into our shop and said, "I'm going to try and get Sunrise in here." Right. And I, I kind of brushed him off and I said, "Oh, whatever. Like, yeah. what is that? What is even Sunrise Records?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
yeah, I, I was kind of stunned because, like I said, I already planned on moving to St. John. So, you know, I kind of debated with Megan about it for a bit, what to do. And I said, you know what, I, I can't take the Fredericton location, but I knew the, I knew the St. John manager. So I called St. John's manager and said, hey, listen, I would really like to run the shop in St. John. Um, I'm not sure what you think about mm-hmm. that. But so we, we kind of talked and he decided that, you know, he had already worked at HMV for 15 years. He didn't want to do it again, but I didn't, I didn't want to stop. I just started. Right. Um, so it all worked out that I, I got my old store back, <laughs> got to come home and start new bands. And yeah, That's it, fantastic. yeah it was really, wow. it was a crazy couple of years. It's a simple twist of fate. Yeah. That that's a cheers. That's a, yeah. that's, a, yeah. that's fucking awesome. That's man. awesome. Good for you. That's Thank great. You. Yeah. I like when people have like some good happen to them when they actually like what they do right you know like well, you didn't I have really to get kicked it. in the shins 25 it, times to you know I really enjoyed it and uh, especially working in Fredericton uh, it gave me a chance to see like a completely different market of people uh, in their word there were so many interesting young people uh, I feel so terribly old when I say that young <laughs> yeah. people yeah. Uh, young people 25 years yeah. old I'm not yeah. old um, but I, I saw so many like you know fresh out of high school people buying so much music that when HME was liquidating, they kind of blamed millennials. That typical, like, yeah. millennials are killing golf. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, so that was really like, I said, no, that's not true. Uh, so definitely, like, coming back to St. John and, and working with Sunrise, uh, what's super cool is that, A, we have a lot more, like, we have a lot more Vimo in store. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's really awesome. And seeing a lot of young people, like, coming and buying that in St. John yeah. is proof that it, you just have to have the product. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Really 100%. Yeah, that's great. No, no, yeah, she's good. Okay. She's, she's just good. saying she just hello. Wants, she just wants to contribute. Yeah, Hi. she's, oh, she's back in, trotting in. Hello. So Are we safe? one thing I, I think that's really cool is like you know how they always go to to other like record stores and you're always like oh like what do you have in store like what's new I think it's cool like do you did you learn about a lot of music from maybe a lot of young people asking if you had certain things that you didn't? oh hundred percent because that's the thing that always like I don't think people are really they never ask on the other hand because they just they go out and they're like oh like what's new because they they want you know you guys to have all the answers but right. it's kind of nice if they can like highlight it to you first well even I have um, a funny way that I like got into jazz music was when I started working at Sunrise um, I forgot one thing about the market shift between St. John and Fredericton is that uh, St. John, John's Mall is uh, definitely populated with a lot of older people. Right. Uh, when I say older, I mean like retired, 65 plus. Yeah. So I would play, you know, I'd be playing like punk music, emo music, whatever you have you in the mornings. And I would always get uh, this one older man who'd come in and said, you got to play some of the good stuff. And so I kind of kept brushing him off. But then one day I said, like, what do you mean by good stuff? Like, what, what is the good stuff yeah, that I should yeah. listen to? And he said, jazz music. I'm telling you, like, nothing spins like a Charles Mingus album. That's and a I, good point. Yeah, and I said, I said, well, I was like, all right. So I kind of reached out on, like, social media. I said, what should I be listening to? Uh, and, of course, I got, you know, a lot of Miles Davis. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Some more contemporary artists like Kamasi Washington. Um, but then definitely, like, digging into it even more. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know why I wasn't listening to it. Because when I, you know, you sometimes get misconceived common misconceptions with certain genres of music right. and mine with jazz was like the Frank Sinatra's the Diana Krall's like the contemporary side of it right. but I didn't see like the you know composers like Kamasi Washington that are, are very modern and just yeah. like all over the place sporadic yeah. Yeah. yeah like Miles 100%. Davis John Coltrane like all those oh it's just incredible Jeff McClendon has an insane yeah. Miles Davis yeah he posts it he posts it sometimes and I, I've been watching he's yeah. got a 
mind-blowing collection. If you ever get to go to his house. Or you can listen to episode, I forget which episode it was, three? Yeah. That was pretty early. Yeah, it's pretty on. Go back through our archives and you can You think you've seen it all? And then he's like, no, 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 go in this room. Go in the other room and it's like a full... Full walls, man. Like, not, like, you're just like... Oh, well, he's doing something now on the on social media where he's just like posting an album a day. Every day. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's like it's awesome, and that's kind of he's gonna be uh, doing a blog post for us. Yeah. Here soon, yeah. Um, like with just like some recommendations right. and like hopefully like we'll try to find a way to take some of his like posts every once in a while and like put that into his collection. Right. So that's something that we should mention on this is that. Um, you know, not only are we doing podcasts, like that's great and everything, but we've been talking really heavily about um, the fact that people can just write, uh, contribute reviews, uh, send us letters. There's so many different ways to get involved. And by writing, um, you have your own name on our website. So if you sent the content to us, it goes under blogs and then record collector, and then it would be Drew Sweet. And then it has not only your podcast, but if you want to send a blog weekly or every month or, or whenever the hell whenever you, feel you like want, it. we can put that out and then it circulates on all of our pages so that content's readily, readily, like available for you. So that right. if you have like band links, it's really the whole thing is that everybody's equal. There's not going to be like special logins or subscriptions or anything right. like that. It's just for people to be like in love with music and share it. That's it. And without it to be like a solitary thing. Right. Because I just have the platform. Mm-hmm. Just to have And like it. we don't want to charge anyone. I mean, the only way we have any money is if people donate through our Patreon link. Right. And we got our first pledge today. Yeah, we got our first still. pledge while we're on the top. Right? Like I was like, yes, oh my god, this is amazing. And like <laughs> shout out to our first pledge was Joanna Kellen. Joanna Kellen, thank you so much for our first pledge. First pledge, thank you so much. <sighs> and, and like, yeah, we just and uh, we also have another one to shout out. Print three. Print three. For all you fine people getting strange mail, <laughs> yes, we're gonna have some baller baller postcards. postcards. Seriously, first edition so strange mail. mail. So thank you so much, Print Three. That's, you guys rule. Yeah, and so uh, Mike Capson for upgrading our hosting last our, night in the middle of the night so that we could put out Volume Fourteen. Right. We love you, Host Daddy. Yes. Yeah. So this is an example. Like all these things kind of cost money, and Kate and I, we are putting a lot of our own money into this. So if you guys are listening, if you appreciate what we're doing, please. If cost you have, us a toonie. Yeah, yeah. Give us a toonie if you can. A month. Sacrifice one coffee. One double double. We'll hook you up. We'll send you so much weird things. Yes. <laughs> yes. So not garbage. Fun things. Great things. Yeah. Recommendations. And then we want it back. If you have like cool memories or different things that you want us to read on air or anything like that, that's something we kind of want to bring back. Kind of like how D. Snyder used to right. do it. Yeah. I really loved that. And I love when people like, oh, what's up, Rockets? This guy wants to hear April Wine. You know, he never really said April Wine. That's a, really, that's a really good D. Snyder. But I, I, I really, really, really liked that segment. And I don't know. I grew up listening to that and like the Randy Bachman right. Final Tap. So I just, you know, I like the letters portion. So if anyone wants to support Strange Groups, you're more than welcome, right? So let's dig into your personal record collection. Let's do it. Cool. So I guess, um, can you tell us a little bit, because I remember you messaged me before the show, and you're like, hey, so I don't have a lot of older stuff. Is that okay? And obviously it's okay. We love variety. So I guess, can you tell us a little bit about your collection, when you started collecting? I started collecting a few Christmases ago. I think it was uh, 2012. Uh, I was gifted... um, the record player that we're listening to, the speakers, I should say, we're using. Um, I was gifted that record player, and uh, like I said, in 2012. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really collect, collect when I first got it. I, I got some, you know, essentials. The first album I ever bought uh, was Death Cab for Cuties, Transatlanticism. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, 
It's a really cool German pressing, um, and it sounds great, and it's it's held up on every player I put it on. Right. Because um, sometimes, especially with the like brusque records, I find because I have some more of their stuff, um, they just kind of depreciate in quality mm -hmm. a bit. Uh, so I'm really happy with this pressing, and like I said, I've, I've had it since I started collecting albums, and uh, I've, I've been really uh, lean through the years collecting, like I'm not somebody who carries a lot of quote-unquote crap in his collection, like, I go through it constantly yeah. and I, I'm always trading and I'm always getting rid of stuff, um, but I've actually, I don't think I've gotten rid of anything in the last four months or so, right. like I said, I've, I've been that lean. Um, but it, it kind of dipped, like uh, like I said, or spoke earlier about moving out. When I moved out uh, in 2013, there was kind of a year or two where I, I didn't collect so much. I picked up a record every couple months or so. Right. Um, but typically, what I'm looking for when I'm out like record collecting is I'm typ typically looking for either <laughs> Death Cab for Cutie albums, um, or I'm looking for stuff that stuff that I've kind of seen on like Polyvinyl's website or just on like outside music's distribution website and like I'll keep an eye out for certain titles uh, but when I say that I don't have a lot of older stuff I guess I I have a lot of titles uh, from like early 2000s emo uh, I have a lot of stuff from Jade Tree Records um, and then even then uh, I 2017 was a banner year for me and I collected almost every new release that I liked um, I host a show on Look 107.3 and this year I did a top 25 um, and I have most of those releases so like that feels good yeah, yeah um, that's amazing yeah and I do have some older stuff like I'm really partial to like Buddy Holly um, I have a lot of Doris albums hell yeah um, I'm trying to think here I gotta throw it up for Boston's um, I think it's just called Boston is it like the I first one with like long Kano's. time yeah. That's my, one of my top, yeah. that's yeah. my top three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think that album uh, is phenomenally underrated. It's uh, so at good. Least, at least in like like um, the under Seeing 25 Seeing them live now. is phenomenal. I saw them three years ago, oh, front geez. row. Amazing. Amazing. They have lasers and stuff. They, they have flying spaceships. Even better now. They're just so good. That, that album is so good. And even like uh, the, the couple after, like... There, there was a couple that were forced, but you know, there was there was a couple after that first self-title that was just like. It's funny though. I mentioned all of this, like that I'm listening to a lot of new stuff. I recently discovered this band, The Nerves, yep. and uh, they are so so good. Uh, they were an LA-based uh, power pop group. Uh, between 74 and 78 and fun fact they actually wrote they were the original uh, composers of Hanging on the Telephone by Blondie right. um, and yeah it's super super cool group uh, the collection they didn't really release like a lot of official stuff when they were a band mm -hmm. uh, I think they only released one official EP uh, but they, they had tons of stuff in their catalog so the pressing that I have is a 2008 compilation of all of the Nerves uh, recorded work in all of uh, like their you know side projects like the Flim Souls, um, the Breakaways I feel like is another one. Um, but yeah, it's really great because if if you didn't know that those were other like side projects, it, it just sounds like a Nerves record front to back. Yeah. And it even it has uh, some live recordings from I think their '77 tour, which would have been right before they broke up, and that just it sounds great. And I, I purchased it. Um, at work, we're now able to order some like more obscure stuff, so I, I ordered it and uh, I haven't listened to it yet because uh, I just haven't had the time to spin it. So right. as soon as that, as soon as it hits the platter, I don't think it'll ever come off. 
Right. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it's funny when you posted that online, because I've been listening to the nurses' version of Hanging right. on the Telephone like crazy, like for the past year, and I was like, oh, someone has it on vinyl. Like, that was really cool to well, see. Well, what I like a lot about their version as opposed to Blondie's is that A, everything is so compressed to a point where, like, the guitars can barely hear it. Right. And uh, especially where it's just a, like a three piece, where it's just bass, drums, guitar, uh, yeah, bass, drums, guitar, and vocal. Um, you know, those those uh, like guitar being by itself it even sounds smaller because of that and right. I think that's really cool and even then his vocals are just so fun like right. they're so great yeah they're, they're a really fun band yeah. um, I guess what would you say are the most cherished albums in your collection hmm. well definitely the Death Cab for Cutie Transatlanticism um, but even then like another Death Cab album that I, I do really love and uh, I spin it at least like three times a month is an album called uh, We Have the Facts and We're Voting Yes um, it was pressed recently, I think it was pressed in 2014, but the album originally came out in 2001. Right. Um, or actually, it came out in 2000. And it just has this, like, it being out in 2000, it's really between, like, both of those time periods yeah. in, like, a yeah. perfect way. Uh, it has some of, like, the production qualities, like, you know, like, those 90s pop songs where they have those weird drum beats, like, I don't really know how to describe them other than that. Right. Um, but I find, like, it has that sort of production quality, but then it's, like, pre everything that was coming after it like it had that I don't know it just encapsulates emo to me perfectly right um, cap and jazz's in a in a uh, an alphabet of polythology po- an alphabet of polythology that's cap and jazz yes that's uh, I, I bought the album just because of the name no <laughs> yeah, what's really cool about that album is um, like I'm a really big fan of American football in uh, cap and jazz is actually Mike Kinsella, who fronts American football, it's Mike Kinsella and his brother when they were in high school. So they're 17 on this album, and it is so sporadically crazy. And a lot of like emo diehards kind of debate, you know, what's emo and what's fake emo. Uh, nobody disagrees on the Cap and Jazz album. Like it is like quintessential emo. Came out in 1999. Uh, so yeah, I really really like that one. Um, band Into It Over It. They released an album called Proper in 2011. I think that is phenomenal. Um, cool thing about that album too is that it's actually only two songwriters. Like it's only uh, Evan Weiss, who's uh, I guess you could say the main songwriter, and then a drummer. And Evan Weiss kind of takes full duty on all the guitar works, all the vocals, all the bass parts, and he, like knowing that going into it, uh, it's just super super cool. Like it, the musicianship on that album is fantastic. And plus, it's super, super catchy. It was released in 2011 on No Sleep. Uh, super Chunks, I Hate Music, I Super Like. Haha. Ha. Uh, Panic. Panic at the Disco. Yep. I, you know, I, I'm a, what is it? I'm a victim of my circumstance. I think that's the expression. But uh, certain things are tinged with the glow of nostalgia, and I just can't move away from them. That I, I can't. I have to admit though, like I was on a pan, like there's certain Panic at the Disco songs that brought oh, me back I'm, to like when I was 15. I don't know. No, like I'm, I'm I can't hate it. I can't hate it. It wouldn't be in my collection if I disagreed. No. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of Owen albums, which, um, like I said, I'm a really big American football fan. Uh, and Owen is Mike Kinsella's uh, main project after that. He's, it's kind of acoustic, but uh, there's um, a Velvet Underground cover on here, a few other cool things. Uh, but this is his 2005 album, At Home with Owen. And what else do we have in the collection? Uh, am I allowed to swear? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, I always swear all do. the okay. fucking time. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Woo! 
Um, David Comes to Life uh, by Fucked Up, I think, is a phenomenal album. Uh, it's a rock opera, and a modern-day rock opera. And um, Damon is one of the most interesting frontmen I've ever witnessed. Uh, and what's really cool about this pressing is that it's an alternative artwork. Um, I'm not sure as like to specifics as to why, um, but the main artwork, for those that know, is a... It's kind of like a picture of a light bulb, um, but this one's actually a picture of the band, but it's a picture of a picture of being taken of them. And that's, that's cool. yeah, it's, it's really cool, and it kind of alludes to the fact that, guess what, the band's fucked up. Right. Um, but yeah, it's really catchy, um, but it's really heavy. A lot of it's in like a major key, so for that reason, like, you know, I think a lot of people just like it for that, like it sounds happy. Uh, but if you listen to the wor words, like it's all about this, you know, kind of dystopian town, and you know, kids rising up against it and say, "Hey, we don't want, we don't want that life." Um, Courtney Barnett. Sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. Uh, this is the deluxe edition of her 2015 album. When it came out, this was the only thing I listened to in 2015. I think, um, I think it's phenomenal. Um, and she's from New Zealand, so she has this uh, really, really cool accent. Uh, when she sings, um, and I, I typically don't care about that stuff, but definitely like she kind of sings in like a marble mouth fashion. So like that with the accent, like it's just super cool. Um, and then I have tons of Alexis on Fire albums. I have Watch Out. Um, I think I actually know. I just have the first three. I have Alexis on Fire, Watch Out, and Crisis. Yeah, I don't really care about Young Cardinals. I don't. I don't need it. And then of course uh, I have. Weezer's complete discography. Course, uh, I have the Blue cool. Album in Pinkerton. That's have you seen it. Them? I, I haven't seen them. Have you? Oh, we're at uh, at Rockfest. But, oh, but three years ago, four years ago, three years awesome. ago. Yeah, three years ago. They were amazing. Was that when they did Pinkerton front to back? Yeah. So did they do two sets for that one? Yeah. And it was uh, it was phenomenal. And there was uh, right after them, Misfits were playing within ten. Like they were playing on the other stage, so I had to run across the lot and like <laughs> run over because like you know you're gonna go, like there were. Like crazy things happened at Rockfest that year, right. so it was just like crazy. But and uh, Alexis on Fire, I saw them. Did they play St. John? They did. Did you see that show? Gothic Arches. Right. I was. I that's was such told. a. That's so I classic. Was classic St. John. I was eighteen and I saw them at Gothic Arches because I asked a guy for a lighter and he ended up being like one of the managers and he gave me my boyfriend at the time two like bracelets and it was a fucking awesome chef. I just want to say that it was a fucking awesome show. I was too scared to go because I had a lot of face piercings at the time and a yeah. friend of mine like I was I was an emo kid but I was someone who was like not okay with being an emo kid I was okay. like really insecure mm -hmm. um, and I, I really wanted to go but I was like I said I was told by a classmate and we weren't like friends friends mm -hmm. but he was just like man like they're gonna rip you apart if you go in that pit like they'll rip all your face piercings out and um, the reason I kick myself even more is I really like cancer bats and of course I love Alexa on fire mm -hmm. um, but I can't believe I didn't go see attacking black like that that will forever be one of like my biggest regrets for not yeah. going to that show yeah. I felt so silly like it's just like that's never gonna happen again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess that's okay. Do you have any concerts that you have been to that yes. were memorable? Last um, or I guess two summers ago, um, I went to Halifax and I got to see American football. Oh, wow! That was incredible, and it was their only Canadian date they've ever played like to date. Like they still haven't played another Canadian date. That's crazy. And I remember like uh, I remember waking up that day and I had. I had text messages from Sadie, I had text messages from Adam Kierstead, 
and I had like tags on Facebook and I still like at this point didn't know what like what all these tags were and I gotta get up and go to work I can't spend time on my phone right now right. so then I get to work and uh, that's when I finally look at it and it just says hey did you see that American football is coming to the Maritimes so I, I instantly freaked out and purchased a ticket the moment that they came out and I you know I had no way like I had no guarantee of getting there yeah. I was like in the You're process I was in the process of moving to Fredericton, yeah. uh, but I still I said, no, I'm going to the show. And uh, just uh, like a month before that, because I saw American Football in July, in June I got to see Brand New and uh, Me Without You, and that was like really spectacular too. But I remember being at that show and just thinking about the American Football show that was coming up and just getting like super excited, super jazzed up. And um, I got to the show and it was a big festival, I should say, like it wasn't just American Football. Uh, it was American football, beach slang, um, solids, uh, dive, a few other big names too from the States. Um, I think they may have gotten a deal with polyvinyl because there were a lot of polyvinyl artists on there. Um, but doesn't matter because I was only going to see American football. So I remember the first night I didn't really have a lot of fun. Like everyone was drinking, I don't really drink that much. Um, so then I just kind of waited to go back to the Airbnb. But then the second day, that's when American football played. And I remember watching, because I was at the venue all day, I remember watching Beach Slang and Mike Kinsella was like walking around. Yeah. And I was way too nervous to like ask him for a photo. And plus like, like I've only played music on kind of a smaller scale in my career, but I know that if anyone comes up to me, I'm super like, don't, don't do that. Like I, I want to just hang out. I don't want to be like attacked by people. Uh, so I was really like self-conscious about it. And I, I didn't approach him, um, but the friend I was with, Mike Specht, he, uh, he shouted at him because he was like half in the bag. He shouted at him and said, hey man, my, my friend wants a picture. And uh, like he, he came right over and like he was really nice. And uh, he, uh, he had like a hundred dollar, like a hundred dollar Canadian bill in his mouth, like Mike Kinsella did. And uh, I asked him, I was like, oh, like if you eat it, like and swallow it, it'll taste like maple. And he looked at me and he just kind of stared. He's like, is that true? I said, no, it's not. <laughs> and that, that was our interaction. And then I, I turned and I got a photo with him. And it was so cool. And I, I just felt like, like a little child. And it was really sweet. And then they played later that night. And I was front row center. And it was amazing. It, it was like the impressive. Oh, it was just so, it was so cool to see something that you've listened to a million times. Because I, I have seen Blink-182. Like I saw them, like original lineup, which was really cool. But that was more of like a high school crush, and like seeing Blink-182. It's not Blink-182. Yeah, where'd you see mm, Blink? At Rockfest. Oh, same yeah. show, yeah. yeah. So you would have saw like the Tom DeLonge lineup then, right? Yeah. Because yeah, the Matt Skiba stuff I'm not interested in. Um, but what was really cool is that like seeing it, and like I said, I, I went to the Blink show and that was fun. It was like a high school crush that I got over of seeing them though. Mm -hmm. Like by seeing them, it, it gave me that closure. Yeah, right. So, okay, I, I don't have to listen to these guys anymore. I can move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And so American Football was kind of that, that band that I fell in love with after that. Because uh, it was, I think, 2011 when I saw Blink. So, I thought we put that. Yeah, like it, it, was just, it was really nice. And um, yeah, like listening to it constantly and then seeing it live. I remember. One of their songs, uh, For Sure, um, I remember seeing that live and like just bawling, like just like just straight up crying, but I wasn't like sad about it. Like, yeah, it was just, it was just like a, a wonderful moment. Yeah, it was just standing yeah, there, that's just water coming down my eyes. And uh, yeah, like they played almost everything in their cat, like in their discography. Um, that being, they only have uh, an EP and an album. At the time, they only had that. They do have a new album now, um, but they didn't play any new stuff when I saw them. 
uh, and it was just so, like, they were, the musicianship was so incredible, but it was the first time that I'd seen an emo band be tight. Like, I've seen emo bands before, and I've always been disappointed, but it was the first time that I, I saw it, and, like, it made sense live. Because sometimes, like, you know, when vocals aren't that great, and uh, you're rushing through time signatures, it doesn't always translate live. Um, but it, it did really translate. And that was probably the, the coolest show that I've ever been to, 100%. That's awesome. That's cool. I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, like when you so happy. When someone finally That's sees how it. I felt at Primus. I was just yeah. like, okay, okay. That was me and Bob Dylan. Yeah. I was crying the whole time the first time I saw Bob Dylan. Well, I and I following your posts when you were there. And oh. It was like you got closer and closer well, that to that was him. the second time. Oh, and like, I, that was like... My, I went with my friend Brandon. He almost had to like take my unconscious body like back across the border because I was just freaking out. I, we were we got into front row, but the first time I saw him was in 2008 at Harbor Station. I was like 15, 16. And apparently Wayne Long, and he said this on the show when he had him on, that was the worst concert. Like apparently he was terrible, but I didn't know. I didn't give a shit. It was Bob Dylan yeah, in Washington. Yeah, exactly. So I was like crying like an idiot the whole time. But it was like, <laughs> I re- like I totally connect with that. Cause I that totally- kind of makes it feel better though. If you yeah. really liked it, no one else did. Like, yeah, that, I was like, that was like, my time. Yeah, no, and I've seen him a couple other times since, but like I'll never forget the first time I saw him. That was apparently a really bad show, but <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, I've gone to see Promise now four or five times, and I just, <clears throat> I, uh, for like my faves to go see, because they're just so fun and they're so nice. And the last time I went to go see them, I had like a VIP. Oh, so nice. I got to go to like a Q&A with them, and I got to like actually like talk to them. Right. And, um, and then I got to like take pictures with them, and I got to do like a wine tasting with them. Oh, and we got to drink wine and stuff, and it was uh, it was crazy. Because then like after that, we're all hanging out, and then an hour later, we went and we were front row at the show, and I was just like, it was like I had to stop because I it was like I was yelling too right. loud the words, and I was just I was just into it, you know. But it was it, like that moment when you're just like, and then I like remember just like there's like tears running down my face, and I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what, that's what, that's what music's about. Right. It kind of, like, brings this, like, kind of euphoric, sin- sincere person well, out of you, true escapism, you know? right? Like, right. It's, it's complete escapism when you're, like, exactly what you described, right? Like, you're not, you're not really thinking about anything else other than Because you go that way. Right? You, sure, you sure to, like, a meme thing there, like, not, like, I don't know, a few months ago, and it's, like, you're at the back of a concert, and, like, the it's guy's, like, how's everybody doing tonight? And you're, like, actually, man, it's been a rough, rough couple months. months. <laughs> like, that's totally true. You know? Like, but really, you're, like, what? Yeah. Like, fuck yeah! Everything's like, so good right now. You're, like, I'm so happy. Right? right. So it's just kind of funny how, like, music can actually do that for you. Right. I think that's rad. It's really cool when you find an artist that, like, <laughs> shakes your being like that much that makes you cry like when you see them because Strange Groups lately has been doing that to me because of all the like people contributing and wanting to be on our show people that care we didn't think anyone cares thank you so much again for letting us be here no thanks so much for having me this is our new way of like making great friends there you go you know because they're not like shitty you know they like good music they want to like hang out and actually talk and you know, it's not just about like going out and like not being able to like hear each other right. at like crazy shows and like drinking your face off. So it's nice just to like get together after kind of a long day and set an hour or two aside, listen to some records and chat. It's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, before we let you guys go, we'd like to remind you that we are on iTunes. Yeah. So where do you listen to us? Where do you listen? I listen on iTunes. On iTunes? Cool. Yeah. Yes. Easiest way. I use, yeah. I personally use Overcast. Ooh. If you hate Apple's uh, um, podcast app, a lot of people do apparently. Mm-hmm. 
Try it, try, try it overcast. You can, we're literally available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, no, it's kind of neat. We'll do it that way. And if you uh, want to contribute or be on the show, let us know. Um, Strangegrooves.com. Drew's getting some strange mail because we know where he lives oh, now, geez. right? <laughs> you, you just wait. You just wait. Yeah, we've got new staff. we got a lot of fun news. Like we're, Well, we're spinning at Five and Dime. Yes, that, we forgot to bring that up. Yeah, so February 3rd. Yeah, we'll be spinning, we'll be spinning at Five and Dime, Dime here in St. John. So if you guys, anyone's in the area, come by, say hey. Bring bring a couple records if you're at the yeah, Yes, yeah, to. bring your records. Like, we'll bring ours, but, like, we'd love to, like, play your requests. So bring your favorite vinyl along. Um, yeah, and check us out on Instagram. Yeah, check us out on the gram. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.